Good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you're here for the fourth in our series of five talks about parenting beyond our capacity. Today, we're talking about creating a rhythm. And before we dive in, we want to remind ourselves of the three goals that we have every week in this series. We want to encourage parents as they raise their great kids. We want to educate future parents so that when they become parents, they are ready to do that well. And Thirdly, we want to equip all of us so that we can love and lead the kids at Evergreen and beyond, the the kids we find in our sphere of influence. So as in every other week, we remember that this is a condemnation and shame-free zone. We are talking about from this day forward, how we want to be in our parenting. So it's not looking back, it's a look forward and what could happen as we take steps today and moving on. So it was Robert Orban who said, time flies, and it's up to you to be the navigator. Well, do you ever feel like you've lost control? Oh, just a minute, just a minute. Oh, let me take that call. Oh, hey, Lynn, I can't talk to you right now. I'm kind of in the middle of something. Thanks for calling. Oh, there's a really cool Instagram picture that just came up. It's of one of our students on their homecoming night. Oh, cool. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, back here. Oh, so where was I anyway? How do we use the time we have to maximize our influence with our kids in their most important relationship, their relationship with Jesus? Are you the navigator of your time with your family? We're really talking today about not just quality time, Oh, wait, 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 wait. I got another phone call. I got to take this one. It's from my neighbor. Hey, it's good to hear from you, Chuck. Yeah. Okay, sure. We can water those plants for you while you're away. Okay, got to go. Bye. Really? Do you ever feel like you've lost control of your time when you're trying to navigate it for your family's best good? Turning quality time into a higher quantity of quality time? Well, I want us to say today that it's simpler than we think, but it isn't going to happen by accident. We're really talking about creating a rhythm. A rhythm is nothing more than how we arrange our time, how we organize it. And rhythm is just another word in my book for routines that we develop. Every family has a rhythm or a routine, even when we don't plan for one. And our rhythms both set expectations and eliminate others. So let's use a few examples. We try to train our kids to sleep during particular times, right? Nighttime is preferred for sleeping. That's an expectation in our family. And morning is for rising, but not too early, because that's another expectation that we have. In fact, my grandkids have all grown up with clocks in their bedroom that light up red, when it's still not time to get up because it's too early and they have to stay in their room. Or that light up green and it says, this is time, you can leave your bedroom now. We want our kids to know when to go to bed and when to rise up. But there's other things too, things like where we sit in the car. Things like which side of the bed you sleep on and how we manage to always negotiate that to be the same wherever we live. It's why birthdays are acknowledged in certain ways. Like in my family with six kids, our tradition was that on our birthday, from the moment we woke up, we didn't have to do any chores. That meant that our siblings had to do them for us 
which was awesome. They would make our bed. They'd do the dishes. And if it wasn't our turn to do our dish, the dishes on our birthday, we kind of felt ripped off because we, if it might be the next day, we were going to have to do them. That just seemed so unjust. So we tried to swing it so that it would land on our birthday. Well, we did those things, but we also had a couple other traditions. Have you, any of you ever done the birthday spankings? Yeah, about half of you. Well, Birthday spankings. I don't know who invented this tradition, but we got a birthday spanking, one spank for each year, and of course, delivered by our siblings, who had nothing to hold against us by any means. No, it was not fun. And then that got ended with a pinch to grow an inch. I mean, who comes up with this stuff? But that's what, how birthdays were celebrated. Now, we had cool things, too. We got to pick our birthday dinner, and we got to pick the kind of birthday cake that we liked. So there were nice things to balance out the birthday spanking. But birthdays acknowledged in certain ways. It's why our family, with our kids, we had a family huddle time. And we might call it at any time of the day. But it was at times where we wanted to all draw each other together and remind each other that we we're a family that sticks together and loves each other. And we sang this song that many would think was really cheesy. We're a family that loves, 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 loves one another. We're a family that cares, cares, cares. We're sisters and brothers. In sunshine or rain, we will love just the same. We're a family that loves, 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 loves one another. Now, okay, that wouldn't be so bad when they were preschools or grade schoolers, right? But, I mean, we did this to them as teens and May I say, even into their college years, we'd call these huddles. So the thing is, some parts of our life may be very important to us, but if they're not included in our family routines, in how we arrange our time, our kids are not going to see them as valuable. And so the big idea today is this, that we transfer everyday faith to our kids when we embed relationship with God in our daily routines. The things that happen every day in our homes become normal for our family. It's only when we grow up and look back that we and share notes with friends at college or wherever you happen to meet up with new roommates that you realize, oh, I guess we weren't normal in that regard. The question is for us today, though, how normal is God in your home? It's like the china that I have in my hutch at home. We use it two or three times in the past 25 years that we've had it. It spent most of its time on the shelf. It holds very few memories for my kids because it's rarely seen everyday life with us. And some of us grew up with a faith like that. We heard that God existed, but he just didn't come out much in daily life. Now, some of us also grew up in a home where God came out only on Sundays. Oh, we went to church faithfully, but that's the only time that God showed up in our family routine. And in fact, when we talked about that study out of Faith for Exiles and Resilient Disciples, just a whole other group in that study of 18 to 29-year-olds were called habitual churchgoers, and this was their reality. Sunday is when God came out. The rest of the time, he was in the hutch, like China. So others of us might feel like we missed the memo growing up, and we missed the memo about God entirely. But whatever our story is, Moses' instructions are here for us to experience more, 
Today, moving forward, you can experience more. And he gave the children of Israel a rhythm, a routine for their lives that placed God at the center of their daily routines. Let's read about it in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So Moses here is talking to people who had had regular reminders of who God is for 40 years. Not only that, they had also had to depend on God for everything for 40 years. Two million people out in the wilderness backpacking their way to the promised land. God was their Winco. He provided food for them. God was their Hillsboro Water Company. He provided water for them. He was their early GPS system. He provided a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They lived like vagabonds, but they had daily reminders that God was with them. So now they're about to enter this promised land, this land of plenty, this land filled with good things for them, and everything was about to change. And Moses encourages them to deliberately change their time, arrange their time, create a rhythm that will impress their kids about what matters most, relationship with God. Impress. This on your children is the word Moses used. That word in the Hebrew means to pierce something, to repeat it, to say it again, to engrave or imprint on our kids' lives and hearts what matters most. Moses wanted to make sure that in their new life, God had not be shoved to the margins or become a category instead of Lord over their whole life 24-7. We live in a place of abundance, not unlike the promised land they were about to enter into, including we have an abundance of choices. We face the same temptations that the Israelites were about to face in the promised land. The question for us today is, what will you do with God when you have life easier and there's more abundance? And Moses gave them four times that are part of their routines and tells them to be intentional about using them to impress their kids to keep God as number one in their life and to love him with all they've got. These four times, sitting, which was, is mealtime in our culture, walking along the road. Today, the equivalent of that would be our drive time. Thirdly, when you lie down, that's our bedtime. And fourthly, when you get up, that's our morning time for most people. And any family can do this. These are rhythms. These are routines that we all share Though I think there's probably a few new parents sitting out there this morning that might disagree on that bedtime and morning time piece. But if we take advantage of these times that are already part of our routines, we can make God the center of our normal rather than a piece of china that our family takes out once in a while. So to create a rhythm, we make a decision about our time in advance. That's what it means to be intentional or purposeful with our time. So let's look at each of these times, and let's talk about them for just a minute. The first one is this, mealtime. For some of us, this may begin with deciding to eat a meal together just to start with. 
We aren't eating together that often. And I know what this is like because I grew up as a swimmer and there were three of those in my family and we had morning practice and we had evening practice and I would get home at seven at night and my mom would have placed a covered plate for me in the oven and I'd take that and eat that and that would not be a shared meal. Where do you do that? And and the more kids you have, the more difficult that becomes. And that was in an era where girls had limited opportunities. Now you have all sorts of opportunities for men and for women, thankfully, So our kids have many more things on their schedule. So how do you bring this together? Well, there's a wonderful site that you can explore how you could just take a baby step, like one meal a week all together, or two times a week we're going to all eat together. It's called the Family Dinner Project. It has some great ideas for that as well. You'll see it there on the screen. So giving thanks for food at mealtime is the start to reinforcing God. You are our provider. It's also the start, one of the first conversations with God that kids hear us say, even before they're able to talk. And then it's one of the first conversations with God that they get to have. Conversations around food can be a great time for us to draw our kids out about the day that they had or reinforce values when they're sharing stories of things that happened at school. This is not a time to fix our kids. Unless, of course, that happens to be something pertaining to eating or politeness and manners and courtesy. But if it's not to do with the meal itself, then it's not a fix our kids time. Instead, we want to learn more about their day and how they're living their faith out in their story. Another cool thing to do at this time is to do stories from your family history. For parents and grandparents to share those. And one of my favorites came when Jared's folks It was about 10 years before they went to be a Jesus, and our kids were actually in college. They had their eyes on on the people they ended up marrying, but it wasn't, they weren't engaged or anything. And so we all gathered at the beach, and we had all shared a meal together. And then we asked uh, Jake and Jean, Grandma and Grandpa Roth, to share how they got married. Tell the story with the details in there. Color it in a bit. Well, when they shared that they didn't have anything when they got married, not even a bed, Oh, my kids thought, how could grandma and grandpa do that? They're so planned. They usually have everything in place. That's so irresponsible. That's amazing. But here's the other thing they learned. They they learned that you don't need as much as you think to get married. Because in our culture, this generation thinks you've got to have a big amount of stuff to get married. And what they learned is grandma and grandpa have put together a marriage that was 65 plus years And they started even without a bed. That's incredible. So these are some of the ways that we can reinforce values. Then there's drive time. This is a great time for informal conversation. And it's easy in the car to move from one topic to another. It's also easier sometimes to handle silence when we're in the car. So this can be one of those times where you can draw them out about what happened in their day. But I want you to know that I understand that our kids are coming from different places. They're just little people. That means they're wired differently. So for my daughter, Hillary, who was introverted, school just took it all out of her. So when I picked her up from school, she did not want to download about the day yet. But I knew if I got her home, got a snack in her, and gave her some downtime, some alone time, then she'd be ready to tell me about her day. So This time in the car, it's one of those sensitive things where you listen and you look at who your child is. 
One day, though, there's a lot of drive time besides just after school. And one day, it was going between school, sports, school, home, and sports, and I was driving Hillary in the car, and we were talking about what had happened in Good News Club, something that they were, still had in Bend at that time, where you could get permission from your parent, and you'd get to go out into their funky little trailer and hear about Jesus, and Hillary loved doing that. So she was telling me about it, and she was telling me about how some of the kids said yes to Jesus. They decided to follow Jesus. And I thought, well, here's an opportunity. I said, would you like to do that? And she just looked at me and said, no, not today, Mom. Well, that was the end of that conversation. We moved on to other topics. But besides that drive time between home, sports, ballet, all the extracurricular activities, there's also drive time on your way to church and on your way home from church. And I always like to say, don't miss the obvious opportunities. You know, when you're driving to church, this is a great time, parents, to prepare your child for what they're going to experience at church. How many of us don't enjoy coming into church out of a fight, out of a disagreement, out of an unpleasant time? And so creating an environment for your kids to succeed as they come into e-kids, best you can. So if you need to say you're sorry, or if they need to take care of something with a sibling, you know, great, do that. But also, after church, what are you going to do in that drive time? This is a great time to ask them what they learned. Um, and what, did they, what was the Bible story? Now, here's the cool thing. If you give them permission to ask questions, they will. And this is a great time. They might have trouble believing one of the things that happened in the story. They might have questions about some of the elements in the story. Why did that guy talk to that woman that way? Why did the disciples tell the little children to go away? Whatever the case might be, this is a chance for you to start reinforcing the value of, in our family, you can ask questions about faith. In our family, we talk about hard stuff. Then there's your teens in drive time. Drive time is one of the few times that you actually get a captive audience with your teens because they rely on you for a ride. Well, this kind of goes away when they get their own license. But you should make the most of it while you can, because this time can lessen significantly. When we lived in Los Angeles, we called our car our family room, because we spent so much time in it, because that was high show for time. Our kids were both in high school, and we had to deal with the freeways there. But the truth is, I think that the car, that the family room is a great metaphor for your car wherever you live, because a lot of important conversations happen in the car. It's an informal time, and it allows for moments of silence as well, and for things to leak out. But drive time interaction has some potential enemies. Notice I said potential. Cell phones, the ability to Bluetooth stream movies and shows and programs, and music. Notice those are potential, but with a little creativity, they can be turned into opportunities to reinforce relationship with Jesus. Some parents have decided to relegate shows, these longer shows and movies, to the long road trips where you are in the car for hours on end. But you can also use music to have some great conversations about faith. Start a discussion about the lyrics of a song that your kids love, and even if you don't love it. In fact, that means you probably should have that conversation with them. Invite them to tell you what they love about the song. You might be surprised. It might be the tune, and they might not even be aware of some of the lyrics that you find so mind-numbing or offensive. So the last thing is just silence your cell phone during drive time so you can focus on your kids and 
be in obedience to the law. And the next one is bedtime. Bedtime. This is a great time for intimate conversations that might even put you in the counselor mode as a parent. It's when the tough stuff of your child's day or week may leak out. This is when Jared and I chose to do devotions with our kids. Now we do the same thing with our grandkids using the Bible app whenever they spend the night with us. And there's a couple different Bible apps we like to use depending on the age of the ones that are with us. Well, I mentioned Hillary earlier, so I have to say a few months after that story happened, she was seven years old at the time, our daughter Hillary um, and I was tucking her into bed after her bedtime story, her Bible story, and praying with her. And as I was praying with her and leaning over, she began to cry. And I said, what's wrong? You know, why are you crying? And she told me that she had said yes to Jesus at Good News Club at school two weeks ago. I mean, who does that? Two weeks later, telling me about such an amazing time, but that's my daughter, and it was a precious moment. Now, we both had some tears, and I celebrated with her, and no, there was no confetti, for those of you who are wondering, since that's part of most of my celebrations, but we just enjoyed that moment together. You see, that leaked out. We've gone through the whole devotion before she leaked that out to me. Bedtime is sometimes more conducive to those very personal conversations. This one eventually goes away as your kids get older, or it takes a different form. Jared and I, when we moved to L.A., we lived in a house that had this perfect master bedroom for parents of kids. It was hooked up electronically to a buzzer. Every time the front door was opened, a buzzer rang in the master bedroom. And you always knew when somebody was coming in. It was a loud enough buzzer to wake you up. Well, the cool thing is we didn't really have to worry about that. Our son, Jordan, who was our firstborn, he used to come home during those teen years, and he would knock on our door, the door of our bedroom, when he'd get home later in the evening, and we'd say, come in, whatever. It wouldn't matter what time of day it was if he did that. If it was late, we still said, come in, and he'd just stand there by our bed and just talk with us. And those are some very special conversations where he just talked to us about the things that had happened while he was out, the stuff that had happened in his day, and usually particularly something that had happened that evening, just kind of sharing with us. And I couldn't pay enough money for those. That brings us to morning time. This is a time for encouraging words from the parent coach. Now, I'm going to just tell you that I think that this is not just for morning time. I think it's really important at morning, but I think this is for every time you send your child off someplace else. If they're going off to school, a sporting event, a date, a college entrance exams, a mission trip, a friend adventure, what do you want to have circling in their brain? What do you want to have their thoughts be preoccupied with? What do you want to be ringing in their ears as they leave? I want to remind them that Jesus is going with them. I want them to know I'm praying for them. I want them to know that I want them to have a great time, a fantastic time, a fun time. Well, maybe not with the college entrance exams, but the other stuff, yes. So just letting them know that you're praying for them. Um, and with our kids, you know, praying for kids when they're taking tests and all that, um, for me, it's always about praying for great recall of what they studied because that's what God uses. And then praying for peace so that anxious thoughts wouldn't distract them. 
and keep them from being able to share what they know and recall the information that they've already studied. So those are just some of the things you can do in that morning time, this coach time, as we talked about. Now, when they start driving, this can be tested. Instead of expressing a lack of trust in our kids regarding their driving by reciting a lecture to them each time they take off in the car, I made it about the other drivers on the road. Watch out for the other guy. That was my statement. That was my way of saying to them, I trust you to drive, but there's other people out there who are going to do wrong things, and it could mess you up, so pay attention to that. These are the things, these moments are the moments you can be purposeful about. These are the routines that allow our relationships to thrive with God and with one another. With these routines, you can make God the new normal in your family, not a piece of china on the shelf. And this church, our evergreen faith community, wants to partner with you. Sundays are not enough to develop resilient faith. We have your kids for about 40 hours a week with current church attendance uh, tracking. But 40 hours, rather, a year, you have them for 3,000 hours that they're actually in your presence. So you have a much larger amount of time to make a difference. And here to share some wonderful tools available for you that'll help you be intentional about these times is our fourth, our first through fourth grade surge director for eKids, Lauren Roth. Thank you, Anne. Well, one of our goals this year at eKids is to partner with parents to help kids find and follow Jesus. I mean, we know you're busy and you don't need another thing to do. You don't need more homework or another checkoff list to do, but we want to help you leverage the time that you already spend with your kids and make the most of it. So we have a couple ways that we want to help you do that. Our first way that we have is by offering the parent queue. Now, the parent queue is printed out every month, and you can find them when you go to our classrooms. Um, Usually at the beginning of the month, we're handing them out. And the front has a bunch of great things on it that tells you everything that we're doing that month in eKids. But on the back is where you can find some really interesting information. It ties in our morning time, drive time, meal time, night time, and for the littles, cuddle time and bath time with all the things that we're teaching that month. So for example, in our twos and threes and in our fours and fives, we've been talking about God's creation story this month. So on the back of the parent cube, it gives you an idea of how to add animals to the bathtub and talk about how God made all the animals, unless you're like my son who doesn't believe that God made the fish. And I don't know why that is. But you can access all of this also through the Parent Q app as well. And the Parent Q app is really handy. It's a great tool for parents and grandparents. You can just um, go and download it. They have the Apple and they have it through Android. And you can put your child's name and their age in there. And it brings up all the things that they're being taught that week. And it even has videos like the Ollie video that we show in our preschool classrooms. And that's one of my son's favorite thing to do. So it's kind of nice. I can hand him the phone and he can go and watch the Ollie videos over and over and over again. Another resource that we have is our eKids Facebook page. It's a great way to find updates like what's happening in eKids, parenting tips, and ways to connect with your kids. So in our surge, our first through um, sixth grade class and our vortex classroom together, we've been learning about the life story of Joseph and how he can trust God. He had to trust God no matter what, and we can trust God no matter what in our lives. And so the neat thing is that on the Facebook page, um, you can see the verses that we're teaching um, that are linked to the Gateway Bible app. And so you can do a devotion with your kiddos based on the story that we told that week. 
Our last resource is our eKids Instagram. And here we have a lot of parenting encouragement and pieces that we're learning in our eKids. Because, I mean, we all need a bright spot in our Instagram feed. Because as a parent, I know that it's easier for me to find all the things that I did wrong this week. Um, But we want you to know that we see you, and we know that you're doing a great job, and we're here cheering you on. So you can find all of these resources. Uh, We have them on a cool little magnet, and you can find those magnets at Info Central. And it's just a great resource to keep up on the fridge. So if you want to know what's happening, you can log on to one of those things and find out. But we just want you to know that we want you to use these as tools and help you to leverage the time that you have so that we can partner with you. Thank you, Lauren. We appreciate the amazing work of eKids to love and lead our kids and to make Sundays as impactful as possible. But what if today, what if each one of us chose one of the four times Moses talked about? Not all four, but one, and we're intentional about creating a new normal in that one routine with God at the center of it. James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, talks about the compound effect of 1% improvement over time, how a small habit repeatedly done makes a huge difference over time. And God knew this before any of us discovered it. We could become a community of resilient Christians of all ages as together we live out all our routines with Jesus at the center of everything. So the question for us today is this. Where will you start being more intentional about God in the routines with your family? Is it mealtime? Is it drive time? Is it bedtime? Is it morning time? And maybe today, it's your time to get right with God and kick off the whole adventure of making God number one in your life. Let's pray together. And Jesus, right now, we just... Open up to what you're saying to us about these four routines in our lives and about our relationship with God and making God the the normal in our life by incorporating you in all of our routines. Would you help each one of us to find the one place, the one small habit that we could bring you into, Lord, that we could open up to you in? And we thank you, Lord, for doing that today. And thank you, Lord, for anyone who's here and deciding to make you number one in their life, letting you be Lord, receiving forgiveness, and walking out a new adventure of relationship with you, discovering more of who you are. Today, Lord, let them know they're forgiven. Help them to be filled with your Holy Spirit and help us all to love them forward as we take steps to walk a new story in our parenting. In Jesus' name, amen.